Hello, I'm Andy Rodan, and welcome to the Indices podcast, where we play indie tabletop RPGs. This time on Indices, we'll be playing A Penny for My Thoughts by Paul Tevis and Evil Hat Productions. It's an amazing game that creates very compelling stories, and it's one of my favorite GM-less games. We played the Bourne Identity theme this time, but look for a future episode where we'll play other versions of the game. One warning, however, we departed from the rules slightly in this episode, mainly because I couldn't originally find my copy of the game, so I was running off of memory. We neglected to do the guiding questions portion of the game and had each patient recall a memory on their own without group input. We also trimmed out a little bit of the metagame, so what you experience is almost pure story. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to the game. Enjoy! And uh, we have uh, three guest players. Starting with Winston here. Yes, my name is Winston. I'm a guest player today on uh, uh, Penny for Your Thoughts. Uh, and I, I work in the same building and the company as, as Andy over here. So, yes, that's what I do. Hi, uh, my name's Tom. Uh, I also work with Andy. I'm, I'm Matthew, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a real human being and, and a real hero. For this game the born identity version we've got uh you're a covert operative for the u.s government so at some point during your last mission you went missing and were presumed dead the objective in your last mission involved handling a target nobody knows how you lost your memory it's about the early 21st century uh so you know you had access to tech that's a little more advanced because heavy government ops kind of secret stuff. Um, the world is a mundane place. So like there's nothing supernatural, nothing weird. Um, and you're a highly trained covert op, skilled in infiltration, intelligence, gathering, analysis, combat, and much more. The questionnaire is what we're going to fill out as we play. The name's Bond, James Bond. So as, as we've started, we've written all the memory triggers and we've got them here in the center of the table. So everybody starts with one penny. First person to uh, start uh, will grab a second penny. I'll start so you guys can see an example. And then we'll move on. With the two pennies, I have enough to do the first question. So now I have to recall an early mission with my mentor. When I think of when I think of the movie Dark Man, I remember. Oh, me. So now you have to choose something that I remember. Oh, okay. And then I'm going to ask somebody else for another option. No, no, just think up something. Oh, something you remember from the movie Darkman. Oh, not Darkman, a memory. Memory. This is the memory that prompts, or this, this is the thing that prompts my memory. Okay. So I recall something. Then you can provide something, and then I'll ask somebody else. They'll provide something else. Ah, I see. And then I choose. All right. Um, uh, a strange Russian man. Okay. When I when I think of the movie Dark Man, I remember a strange Russian man, or a car screeching away. Car screeching away. And I'm gonna. I'll give that to you. So. Yeah, when when I think of the when I think of the movie Dark Man, I recall a 
car screeching away, just in the back of my head, it was, it was, it was a rainy night. There's, I was all decked out in a trench coat and the, the car, I think I was following the car. Yeah. So I was following that car and it was part of, uh, part of an intelligence operation. So I was trying to recover the materials that were on, uh, in, in the guy's trunk. We had done some, uh, uh, preliminary investigation and noticed that he had some documents, uh, and the documents in the trunk, uh, they were crucial to, uh, American security. So I was on the case chasing it down. Uh, and there was a, there was a big a car chase that happened. Uh, and it was pretty weaving in and out. And then it got into a more populated area. And in that populated area, I, I recall like there was, there's something that happened, but I can't, I can't recall what, what did I do next? You jumped on a motorcycle. Or did I? Uh, jumped on a motorcycle, eh? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, what about you caught a taxi? I, I, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure I jumped on a motorcycle because the, the, the car I was in, uh, it was like a big clunky beast and I had to, I just had to, weave through the uh i had to weave through the crowd and having that kind of mobility on a motorcycle was so much better unfortunately the only motorcycle that was available was a little scooter so you know it was it was challenging to weave through the crowd you know like the little meep meep doesn't really make people move like you know a nice harley with a big engine you know that 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 would get me through the crowd pretty quickly but I still managed to head him off through an alleyway and managed to uh, shoot out one of the tires and, and recover the documents. It was all, it was all pretty good. Uh, so uh, my superiors, my mentor, um, uh, commended me on that performance. Uh, and that was, that was really my, one of my early introductions to uh, the... Uh, secret agent lifestyle, so to speak. And, cool. that, and that's my story. So now those... So how long do you go with the story? Today, we'll try and get through ones for everyone. Okay, okay. Uh, so people that have two coins can pick their story. So that way it doesn't get monopolized. So, and how long do you go? Because you went, you can just go as long as you want. Yeah, just, just feel it out. Um, you know, we want to be done by the end of lunch. Sure, so, you sure. know, figure that out. And yeah. You two each have two coins, so either of you can spend your coins for start a story. So you can ask for a prompt of what you remember, right. or you can go with one yourself. Uh, that's fine. I asked for a prompt because I couldn't think of something, so I burned mm -hmm. my coin early. So you can have two questions or a prompt and a question. So yeah, just spend a coin when you need a prompt, really. Uh, picking up the memory is not a spend. Okay. It's, you're doing number one, so you're recalling an early mission with your mentor. 
There you go. When I think of an aching jaw, I remember a really tough interrogation I was in. There was this, this member, a, a foreign intelligence operative. Uh, I never did quite pinpoint his nationality, but he was, he was desperately searching for, uh, for some information we had on a, uh, a, an upcoming terrorist attack. So we, we had heard a little bit about this attack, and we, um, we were collecting information. We were uh, trying to figure out where the attack was when uh, this, this foreign operative kind of came out of the woodwork. We didn't know what his involvement was, but we knew he was deeply entrenched in this plot. So we, we managed to capture him. We, we, uh, we picked him up at, uh, where did we pick him up? A restaurant in Norway. Restaurant in Norway. It was a shutdown Hooters. It's a small town. No, thank you. We found him. We found him holed up in, uh, in a closed restaurant. I think it was uh, Hooters. Uh, it stands out to me as a strange place for a foreign operative to set up shop. But luckily for us, the, uh, the establishment was deserted, so we were able to uh, keep everything quiet. We were able to uh, apprehend him, sit down, and yeah, that, that aching jaw. Now, it wasn't anything we did to him. I mean, we did everything on the level. We don't support any of that Guantanamo Bay nonsense waterboarding. Had a good agency. <laughs> but he, he broke from his binding and he cracked me in the jaw. And I saw stars. I don't know, I don't know what had hit me. Next thing I knew, I looked up and he was gone. And we were missing some of, some of our information was missing. Luckily, we had made backups, and that didn't, that didn't overall thwart uh, our progress. Uh, later on, uh, the FBI managed to stop the terror cell based on the information we had found, and that information pertained to um, the the information pertained to a uh, a bomb threat on a uh, to a small local school uh, the information pertained to a international uh, smuggling ring for uh, drugs so we'd found the information on the uh, international smuggling ring and we we still don't know where it's based out of but we were able to stop their operations in America we were able to sort that out. But that, that experience with that foreign operative, it, it leaves me with, uh, with a bit of a hole in the story. There's something left untold that I hope to one day find out. And then what did my superior say? It's up to you. Later on in uh, the debrief, uh, my bosses, uh, they, they told me I'd done, I'd done good work, outstanding work. We managed to stop the smuggling ring, but there were still pieces unanswered. There was still a job to be done, and so our hunt went on. Cool. Write down a little sentence or two about what, you've, what you talked about, because we're doing this over three days, and it might be nice to yeah. so remember. remember. <laughs> Actually remember what you remembered. <laughs> okay.
So both of you have at least two coins. I have three. So yeah. Um, so you only need two to start a story. When I think of scent of fresh cut hay. Okay, so when I think of scent of fresh cut hay, I remember being in the countryside of some foreign country, which I can't remember. I think it was. Uh, I, th I think it was uh, uh, just just outside Holland. Actually, there was uh, you know hay uh, and lots of farms around. Some tulip farms around there too. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I, when I think of uh, when I think of a scent of fresh cut hay, I remember. Ask ask someone else for a second. Point, oh right, always. okay. Uh, you. It was uh, along the coastlands of Albania. They have a lot of fertile farmland along there, and they they raise a lot of hay for uh, for their sheep and other livestock. <laughs> so. I remember being in Albania for some mission, driving down the countryside. I'm sure there was cliffs and rocks somewhere and this ocean or sea of some sort. I remember driving and I was going to a meeting with an ex-CIA uh, and KGB uh, agents who had retired because they had caused a international incident which caused the death of a a uh, diplomat, which caused a uh, an economic crisis and a spike in oil prices, <laughs> well, uh, which caused a uh, death of a diplomat. Uh, this diplomat had uh, caused a um, caused a uh, international also an uh, international uh, fracas, I guess uh, in and what had happened between the US and Russia during the Cold War. And it had caused some of my friends and some of my agency's agents to be uh, outed and we were trying to figure out why and where they were because they had gone missing. And they are missing and they are being held in some location that I do not know of and they are being, and they are being uh, tortured because they have information on... They have information on $2 trillion. They have information on a conspiracy to... Uh, a conspiracy. A conspiracy. <laughs> so the, the conspiracy. Darkest, the darkest conspiracy. <laughs> the conspiracy. No There's a conspiracy, a dark conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, these two agents... Uh, we're trying to figure out for me what that conspiracy was. Unfortunately, we never did figure it out because we had to run away from the local uh, police who thought we were looking suspicious and wanted to interrogate us. My superiors were unhappy with my information uh, that I did not get what I needed to get and were willing or wanted me to go on uh, further uh, gathering, that uh, further information gathering, uh, but not in Albania. Or is it Albania? Yeah. <laughs> Great. So yeah, write down some notes for next time, and uh, I think that'll cover it.
All right. Uh, Last man standing. Yeah, Smell of lavender. Mm. Yes, the <clears throat> smell of lavender uh, reminds me of the mission where I was deep undercover in a Turkish bathhouse. Uh, it was I was it was a sting. I remember that much. There was a man, uh, Kochev, something or other. We're supposed to take him down. He was uh, the leader of the uh, Kochev crime family in in, uh, in Turkey, and uh, and it was I was uh, I had uh, I was two months in submission. I couldn't I could never get close enough to to the inside family, but I gained membership to the bathhouse and started going there. Regularly, it was pretty gross. Uh, wieners everywhere. It's not the wien mission I signed up for. Uh, however, the smell of lavender. That, that was they introduced a new oil that day into the waters, and as I remember, lavender smell. And that was also the day where I got. Oh, we finally got my opening. Um, something happened in that bathhouse that day. That thing that happened was. A someone was stabbed, and a large pool of blood started to uh, go into the pool. Interesting. Interesting. The pipes burst the pipes and started to flood. Oh, started to flood. I'll go with the blood one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a son stabbing in the bathhouse, uh, and a and a man I was trying to get after. He was killed. Uh, Usually I have no complaints about someone doing the job for me, but in this case, um, all hell was breaking loose and I had no information about how this happened, so I need to get out of there. Uh, cue montage, a violent fight scene with me in a bath towel. Uh, and many, many broken noses and ribs later, uh, I escaped the bathhouse uh, with nothing but a towel. <laughs> I couldn't even get back to my lockers, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, the, I had to wait in the in the dumpsters outside until the cops left, and then at night that's when I came out, peeked my head out, and um, I had to meet back with my contact, uh, my handler actually, um, and I go to the meeting spot to meet my handler. Uh, it was tough. I had to borrow an old lady's like trench coat off a clothesline. I was. I practically looked like a streaker. I was, uh, it was a cold night too, so oh, not pleasant. Um, we meet up at one of the local, uh, local coffee houses. Uh, I had to sneak in through the back. Um, my handler seemed surprised to see me dressed the way I was. I had to get a, I asked for a fresh uh, new clothes and she revealed some very interesting information to me, which was... Revealed that it was the uh, second in command in the Kochev crime family who was stabbed in the bathhouse oh, that night. Uh, revealed that the man that you were after was a double agent for the KSB. Oh. Yeah. I go with the double agent. Okay, so, here we go. Sorry. It was, it was real that, it was finally real that the man I was after was a KSB. Um, I asked, how do you get this information? And she said, it was uh, just made public today. And I asked how, and, she, and he said, uh, uh, 
well, clearly, um, no one's sure yet, but uh, everyone who's in the know thinks it's a leak in the information chain, and uh, that's how the KSV agent got discovered, and that's how he got janked. So someone is spilling secrets, uh, deep secrets, to the Turkish crime family, but no one knows who it is, not just yet. So the the superiors uh, when I got back home uh, the mission was a bust but they didn't point any fingers at me thankfully uh, so now I'm embarking a new mission and that's that's when my uh, memory fades out that's when it ends what did your superiors say about your performance oh yeah uh, they said um, they couldn't say anything there was oh do you, you have to like yeah yeah good or bad okay well it doesn't have to be something they have to yeah. say something okay um, it's part of the questionnaire man passable <laughs> satisfactory satisfactory exactly you know this is when I think of smell of lavender all right great all and right. I I think that's it for uh, our first round and uh, we'll pick this up next time. So those that have three pennies can start off the round. Uh, you want to start off, Tom? Sure, I can do that. So let me grab one of these. Uh, so I, I have a recall a mission where you face a dilemma. and Moral dilemma, yeah. When I think of a roasting open fire barbecue, I think of a partner I used to have someone who worked with me closely and whom I was on many missions with. Uh, that person used to, in our agency, head the Department of... Human Resources. <laughs> Human Resources, or... Oh, uh, yes, okay. It was the Department of Human Networking, as they would say. With finger quotes. With finger, finger quotes. quotes. Um, the, the mic can't pick up my finger quotes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'll go with human resources. This agent that worked with me was in human resources. He had a bum leg, so he couldn't be an agent anymore. And his job required him to become human resources. Uh, and during that, I found out he was a... Uh, mole for another agency. This other agency wanted him to be a mole because he had messed up on previous missions too many times. And need to, he needed to use him one last chance to uh, do the job right, but he made the mistake of becoming true friends with you. <laughs> okay. And you guys both have three, so I can ask either one of you. I'll ask you this time. So the other agency wanted him to become a mole because he had... Um, all the secret identity information from all the spies. So he, he, could, he could associate that spy identity with their real life family identity. So, uh, so the mole, he was a mole because the other agency knew that he had access to all the agent information. Uh, this agent information was super classified and we needed to keep it under wraps to keep everyone safe, including me. Um, and one day, the agency had asked me to uh, take care of my friend in a quiet but uh, discreet way. And uh, 
not too much violence possibly. Um, so I had to go fishing with him. So we went fishing uh, under the guise of fishing. We went to uh, North Dakota because it's the only Dakota I know. You know, it was a good afternoon, but the time came and to finish him off, I opened up your ice box and under the lid of your ice box was a nine millimeter with a bit of a silencer there. And you, you popped them uh, a few times and, uh, and, uh, but there was, you didn't really shoot them. You popped them into the water to make it sound like you killed them. And then you warned him to get out of here. And he got out of there? I think he did. Okay. And uh, I'll go with you this time because you got the least. You took a piece of fishing line in your hands, wrapped it around his neck. Classic strangulation. He whispered, there was a shh, it's okay. <laughs> so uh, after catching the biggest bass I've ever had, caught and was taking a picture as he was putting his camera away, I grabbed the bass and wrapped it around his neck and started to strangle him. Uh, this with was, the fish. With the fish. With the fish. With the fish. That's the key here because uh, that's what I had in my hand. Dropping the bass. Uh, it was a struggle, um, but eventually he succumbed. Uh, it was a... Uh, uh, that fish a, is a witness. A very <laughs> difficult thing to do, <laughs> exactly, because I was the best man at his wedding. And uh, the moral dilemma there was, uh, do I regret doing it? Uh, no, because it was either me or him, because if he gave away the uh, information, someone would probably come after me. So what do you regret most about your actions in this mission? What I regret... Uh, the fact that he was my best friend and that I had to kill him and that I did it with a fish. <laughs> so like everything. I regret Pretty everything. Much. <laughs> I regret everything. It's a great agency. It's your best friend, right? Yeah, you're going to murder him. <laughs> well, we never said we were a good agency. No, no we didn't, did we? <laughs> Okay, uh, so I'll uh, I'll go next, I guess, uh, with the four. A creaking cupboard. Right. So when I think of a creaking cupboard, I recall a house-to-house -house search uh, that I was doing as part of a secret operation in, uh, in Latvia. Let's say Latvia. So, yeah, I was doing a house-to-house -house search in rural Latvia to find, uh, to find, well, somebody who was trying to recruit uh, secret operatives to turn them into moles. But I was having a bit of a hard time finding clues. What did I do? Well, you had a, uh, you rethink the information you had and realize that um, the information you had was, it wasn't actually, because uh, you, you went to, where did you go? You went to Latvia. Latvia and rural went, Latvia. Rural Latvia, you look for clues, right? Yeah, yeah. But you didn't find anything there? No, no. Well, I was having a hard time connecting the clues that I had with what I was seeing around me. Mm, okay. What are the clues exactly? Or am I supposed to say what the clues are? Uh, I can't quite recall. All right, okay, okay. Got it, got it. Got it. All right. You got it. <clears throat> Your clue was a single piece of post-it note that uh, is a little bit burnt, and it, the the numbers there led you to a place in Latvia. 
uh, as well as there's 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 um, a bit of torn lettering there. You went to, you thought it was an address, but realize you got you get through the address and it's like wait a minute, this isn't this isn't an address. These are coordinates, and this is a this is a famous restaurant. This is supposed to be a meeting time, and uh, that's when you realize that you had ten minutes to get to the new appointed location, or miss out on finding whatever lead you had in the first place. Okay. Or did uh, so I? In Latvia. Uh, so you realized that you knew a madam in the Latvian city who had a lot of information and you went to visit her for information. I think I went to the restaurant. Um, that that rings true. That's, I'm recalling now uh, that yes, I, I found this this note that uh, seemed like an address, uh, and upon further analysis, I discovered that it's actually coordinates and a meeting time at a famous Latvian restaurant, a five star Latvian restaurant, in fact. So, well. Five star under reviews, but it actually had two Michelin stars. It was unbelievable. So, of course, you know me being the uh, the you know secret agent that I am, I leapt at the chance to go experiencing uh, go experiencing a double Michelin star re a restaurant. We, we all are. work. We all work for the same organization. <laughs> yeah. We all know the perks, and this is one of them. So I went there um, in my best duds. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have a female partner at the time, so I just went solo. I figured, you know, it's a decent, decent enough restaurant, hang out at the bar, find myself uh, somebody to have dinner with, shouldn't be an issue. So I, I went there with the uh, purpose of initially going to the bar, you know, used, used my connections, got in no problem, even though there's, you know, four-month waiting list, even for Latvia. Um, but, you know... Latvians got to eat, right? Uh, so I make my way to the bar, and what do I see across the bar? You see a waiter who is acting suspiciously and has went to the back of the kitchen. And you see uh, Edgar the Wrench Henderson. <laughs> And uh, this is this is very strange because Edgar the Wrench Hansen, right hand man to the Viper, rarely makes an appearance anywhere. So with the the wrench is out here, something really bad is about to happen. But you can't connect the dots just yet. You just know he's there in this restaurant at this time. Something strange is afoot if the wrench is here. I gotta go with the wrench. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go with the wrench. <laughs> Edgar the wrench. Hanson, thank you. Yes, yeah, so uh, I was at the bar and I had just ordered uh, my second martini. Um, of course, you know. None of that shaken, not stirred nonsense. Dirty martini. That's the way to do it. I look up and see across the bar Edgar the wrench. Hansen. Well, if the wrench is here in Latvia, is very far from his normal base of operations. I know, I know. Things are going to go sideways in a hurry. Like, 
the wrench and his monkeys, they, they always mess things up. So luckily, I don't think he's noticed me or even recognized me because, you know, let's, let's be clear, secret operation. I'm in a tux, full getup. But normally when I encounter the wrench, I'm wearing, you know, the all black balaclava, the whole gear rig, right? So I don't think he's ever seen me in street clothes, which is kind of nice. So all he's got to go off of is file photos. Uh, but all the same, uh, I make my way out of sight and I prepare for something. I can't quite recall what I'm preparing for. Uh, what, what was I preparing for? You were preparing to make contact back with base to report to them uh, what you had seen at this two Michelin star restaurant. You can give it a name. Monkey business. Perfect. <laughs> or so you're preparing. So you're just standing in the bar preparing for something. I'm just out of sight of the ranch. Hmm. You're preparing to sit down with the wrench but you're gonna get a drink for him first. And you know the wrench likes to drink vodka straight, because that's the only way to drink it when you're the wrench. And you are getting him, or you're going to get the vodka, and you're gonna go sit down with him. All right, I, I like that. There's, there's a lot of, I can work with that. <laughs> so I, I I motion over to the bartender. It's like, I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Oh, Guido. Okay, Guido. Two ounces of vodka. So I get the drinks, uh, and then, of course, you know, I can't just leave the drink as is. This is the wrench, right? So I add a little something to his vodka, and just for good measure, I add the same thing to my drink. And then I walk over to where the wrench is sitting, and he, he's there with an entourage. There's, there's a bunch of people, and I just, there's a free seat, and I just sit down. And he's like very angry that somebody would dare intrude. And then I just say, Edgar, how are you? I haven't seen you since Timbuktu. And his eyes just, become big as saucers, and he's like, you, I thought I killed you in Spain. <laughs> and, you know, you didn't, so um, have a drink. And he's like, no, no, I have your drink. And so he takes my drink and say, like, what the hell is this? Well, that's a, that's a dirty pink lady. Like that one over there and the other one that was sitting beside you. Um, the <laughs> uh, and, he, and he just scowls, doesn't, doesn't take a drink and just gets up and leaves and says, I'll deal with you later. And that, that's all I recall. So I feel like I tipped my hand a little bit by being in Latvia. I was hoping to, you know, knock him out and deal with the wrench in a more subtle way. 
So he's just slow acting sedative, but uh, I could have followed him after the restaurant, but he wasn't taking the bait. So I'm going to have to deal with him a different way. When I think of waves crashing, are we a support group? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, a secret agent support group. Hey guys, my name's Matthew and I have memory loss. <laughs> We know waves, waves, We've waves. talked before. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm I'm remembering waves crashing. It was it was a mission I was on. It was it was tough. It was uh, dealing with the Mexican cartel. See what they had been doing was they were funneling drugs into the U.S. through street gangs, uh, and it was getting pretty bad. A lot of people were dying. A lot of drug problems. Um, so we managed to infiltrate a gang and uh, flip some of their members. So what these members would do is they would tip us off whenever the cartel was shipping drugs across the border. We would, uh, we would then intercept the drugs. We would stop, we would uh, apprehend the cartels uh, and they would be none the wiser. Now, it was a pretty good gig for a while. Uh, we, we had these informants who were giving us this golden information. But then one day, something happened to one of our informants. Well, the, the informant, he got found out in a really, really dumb way. He told his girlfriend. Uh, he was caught doing the very drugs you were trying to stop and he was doing far too many, so he had to start selling them himself. So this, this informant, we had, uh, we'd found him dealing drugs himself, and the cartel caught wind of this, uh, and they, they weren't a fan of that. So the, the next time we saw him, he was strung up by his heels for dealing these drugs uh, right underneath the uh, noses of the cartel. Now, we had a couple informants left in this gang, and it was tough. Do we continue? Do we keep streets off the drug? Do we keep drugs off the streets? Streets off the drugs. I think it's affected my, my speech core as well. But do, do we continue? Do we, do we keep these drugs off the streets? Um, do we keep innocent people alive? Well, maybe not innocent people, but dirty drug-buying scum-of-the-earth people. I got no respect for them. Or, or, you know, we keep these drugs off the streets, but the, the gang members are in real danger. We had seen one of them die in a horrific way. His own fault. I don't, I don't feel bad for that at all, but it's only a matter of time until these other guys make another stupid mistake. So it's this hard choice. Do we continue the operation? Or do we, uh, or do we keep busting drugs? So... Eventually, I made the hard choice. What I'm pretty sure you did was that you called up support back at headquarters and then led a full-scale military airstrike on the drug cartel's headquarters and put a significant dent into their operation, unless I'm mistaken. Was that, was that on foreign soil? I can't recall. What? Uh, so you decided that you would go undercover and 
you became best friends with the cartel's boss and married his sister. No, we, we blew him out of the water. <laughs> we, More satisfying. We, we were sick of dealing with these guys, and enough things had gone wrong that we were able to get authorization from headquarters to uh, launch a you know, Category 7 airstrike against the cartel Covert, of course. Covert, of course. I mean, you all know what Category 7 is. Yeah, of course. It was, it was a spectacle. <laughs> I could see it from miles away. So... These, this, uh, this airstrike came in, they did what they do best, and the cartel was no more. But we still had to deal with these street gangs, these informants. Uh, we, we, we moved a couple of them into witness protection, um, but one of them refused to go. He refused to go because... He didn't like Wisconsin, and that's where <laughs> you guys are going to put him. Um... <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, he would. Uh, well, I've got Wisconsin on your mind, don't you? <laughs> you broke me, man. Uh, no, he he didn't want to go because he would have to leave his family behind. It's one of those witness protection programs. Well, yeah, it's just one person, right? The deal doesn't extend to the whole family. Well, not in this agency. No, we not in this agency. Can we, we, <laughs> We sent him to. We we had a we had a new life lined up for him in Wisconsin, uh, driving a Zamboni, <laughs> and he wanted nothing to do with it. That was not his fast-haired lifestyle. So, after some negotiating, we moved him to New York instead. I don't know why that's relevant to this story, but that's always stuck with me. And that's, it's the Zamboni, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, regrets. Regrets that one gang member who was killed. I mean, we should have done more to protect him or at least given him great grade nine so he would know not to deal drugs under the cartel's noses. And that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Indices. We'll continue next time with part two of A Penny for My Thoughts. If you have any requests for games to go on the show or want to otherwise contact Indices, you can reach us on Twitter at Indices Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Five stars helps get the show into more speakers and headphones. The music you heard was Dramatic Danger, provided by J-Man at Our Music Box. Links to that and everything else I just mentioned will be in the show notes. 